is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. I'm Christopher Russell, and I thoroughly enjoy Hallmark movies. And this is the Deck the Hallmark podcast. Cool. Is that it? Are we you good? Chris, you on the sure ninth did. try, it was our ninth take, uh, and the ninth, you said this before we went on, the ninth take is your favorite take. You, they, call you, they call you nine take Chris. Yeah, that's true. Usually, <laughs> you know, around take 11 or 12, I start to, I start to really find my stride. Wow. But, you know, nines where I, you know. You start feeling it. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. I get that yeah. 100%. What a, what a big day it is for us. An exciting day. Uh, earlier this week, we talked about uh, Nature of Love. Nature of Love. And now we're excited to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Christopher Russell, uh, the, the leading uh, <laughs> male in that movie. We talked, we've talked to Amelia Ullerup before. Yeah. Uh, just a delight. And so um, we, we're excited to talk to you, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. You got it. Chris, uh, you have been a leading man and a best bud on the Hallmark movies, but you've also have a bevy of other, uh, other jobs that you've done acting. I, I looked at your IMDb page. It seems to be just filled with things. But before we dive into the actor, Chris Russell, we just want to l- okay. hear a little bit about Chris Russell's life. Like, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, how'd you get into acting? Oh, okay. Um, I was born in Toronto, Ontario, which is also in Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, my parents were from England. Oh. And whilst I was in nursery school, there was this nativity play that was uh, being cast. And I got the coveted role of donkey. Yeah, you mm. did. And after that, I was just so excited to become an actor because I realized that people actually do this for their job. So as I went through school, about grade one, I got to be a lion in a uh, safari play. That's a lot of animal-based situation for you. Yeah, animal-based acting was sort of my start, um, (laughs) which is really good groundwork. I actually, uh, I've been reading a lot about what Chris Pratt does to prepare, and um, (laughs) he picks a different animal for each character that he plays. Um, In Jurassic Park, funnily enough, he was playing a dolphin. This is not even a joke. You can look it up after. (laughs) I thought for sure you were joking, and it was a great joke, too. It's a good bet. (laughs) No, it's true. So you notice in Jurassic Park, he leads with his nose as if he was a dolphin kind of coming out of the water, right? <laughs> so uh, he was born around the same time as me, too. So I think there's something to that. Yeah. He's also named yeah. Chris. So my point with that is a lot of a lot of the Chris's born in the early 80s sort of use animals to to channel their different characters for each production they're on. Wow. Was there, uh, was there so, ever, yeah. ever an animal-based role in elementary school that you did not get that you were hoping for? Uh, yeah, there was a tarantula this one time and, uh, I just couldn't pull off. I couldn't pull off the legs. Right. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the hardest part of the tarantula for sure is the legs and just getting them like, you can either be well, too absolutely. stiff or too floppy and you don't want to do D either side of that. No. And you think I would have been good at it. Cause my nickname was stretch. Cause I was six foot two and like, 
120 pounds. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. But I couldn't even play a daddy long legs. It was terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I know. So I just sort of stuck with, uh, yeah, I stuck with donkeys and lions, you know, that kind of works for me a little bit. Um, but <laughs> when, when was your first human role? When did you first get to uh, really strut your stuff and play a human? Ooh, that was when I was uh, 10. Okay. So I was in a, uh, I was in theater camp and uh, I played this boy that is transported to a world that's made out of candy and uh, he keeps eating said world um, uh, to the detriment of the, the life that's on there. Like, you got to stop. You're ruining our planet. You got to stop <laughs> eating us. I was like, yeah, but it's candy. Uh, it's, candy. <laughs> it's the candy. I'm 10 and it's candy. Like, this is a fact. I don't know. I don't know if we made this story up or if like the counselors wrote it. I don't know where this thing came from, but uh, yeah, that's, so that was my first human it role. It sounds pretty dark for a 10 year old to be starring in a role where he's literally eating the thing that gives sustenance to others. I know it's true. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be sort of like uh, a message for younger kids to like uh, be kind to the planet and yeah. stuff, but yeah. I don't know. I think it it might've feels ahead of its time. It, does. Yeah. it, really, it does. really does. That's pretty edgy. Chris. I think Al Gore maybe actually, I think what we don't, yeah. we, he didn't tell you is Chris is only 17 years old. Yeah. Wow. That is the thing that, that, that yeah. he doesn't, yeah, he, uh, his dad's Kevin Sorbo, oh. <laughs> and he's, he's, but he's 17. That's he looks, it. Looks great. Yeah. Looks great. Kevin um, Sorbo. Yeah. Hercules. So you're you're playing um, you're playing animals you're playing candy eating boys um, yep. and you're beginning to kind of fall in love with this acting thing. W what was the progression yep. to kind of uh, begin to move forward and taking the steps to become your profession, the thing that you want to do with your life? Well, uh, so I auditioned for um, this uh, local community theater when I was about eleven. I uh, can't remember what the production was, but what we had to do for the audition was we had to prepare uh, a monologue and a song. So I took a speech and a song from The Lion King. See a connection here? See what's going <laughs> yeah, on? Wow. He did. And uh, I sang, uh, I'm going to be a mighty king like mm. no king was before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Just can't up, wait to I'm be king. Looking down, I'm, I'm working on my roar. Yeah. and But I even played the part of the, the parrot or whatever the bird Iago. In, no, no, that's, that's from yeah. Aladdin. That's Aladdin. Nice what is his name? Uh, it's John Oliver voiced him in the name. It's uh, Toucan Sam. Toucan no. Sam no, is not, not it. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out later. <laughs> so you voiced the I parrot, too. I think it was too. played by Mr. Bean, to be honest with you. Rowan, Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson yeah. In the movie. But um, we're getting sidetracked, guys. It's very important. That's what we do I'm so sorry. The whole interview is a sidetrack, man. Sorry. So, yeah, I played both characters. I would jump from one side of the stage to the other, depending who I was. And then I did the monologue without moving a muscle. Um, I thought it went great. I uh, <laughs> got the call. And uh, I was in the chorus. Um, mm. I turned it down. Mm. I told mom that they only put people in the chorus as uh, a handout for those that aren't good enough for them. And if I'm not good enough for them then they're not good enough for me. Wow. Yeah. You know, it, I went, I went without work for quite a while after that. <laughs> it's Zazu. Zazu is Zazu. The That's it. It's Zazu. Zazu. It's yeah. Zazu. I didn't did do, do good enough Zazu. Did you do a British that. accent for like your parents are both English. Do you have a British accent yeah. you can lay on us real quick? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, hello, my name's Christopher Russell. I'm in Vancouver, BC. <laughs> I enjoy long walks on the beach, and also I don't mind a good fry up and wow. sausage. Oh my wow. goodness! Let me, awesome. let me let me give you mine, and then you can kind of give me some pointers. Well, I'm interested. I'm interviewing Christopher Russell, having a good time, jolly good time, good day to you, sir. <laughs> Any pointers, yeah. like any like notes you would give to me? Um, I think you got to focus on the inflection. You got to really think like, like everything's sort of like, oh yeah, mate. Uh, 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 yeah, you got to work uh, on your. Uh, uh, I love you it. Get that going a little bit. Acting like, coach Chris yeah. Russell. So I was talking to me mates, and then all of a sudden I became a pirate. Right. And I don't know why, but here we are. <laughs> We're on a pirate ship. We're going to sail it. We're going to go off and get some treasure. Maybe dig a hole. I don't know. Live in the hole. Doesn't make any sense. I'm missing my leg. That's fine. I can still walk. None of this makes any sense. But here we are. We're on a podcast. What's a podcast? Dana. <laughs> Dude, you sound like you're straight out of a Guy Ritchie movie. That was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope he's watching this. Yeah, I hear he's a fan. That's yeah. an audition. He is a huge Jack the Hornet fan. He's a huge Jack the fan, and he subscribes to Friendly TV, which, which is, is amazing. Yeah. He's so crazy. His movies might have bad language, but he loves family yeah. friendly television. <laughs> yeah, he's a break. Yeah, Chris, you know. did you ever uh, did you ever use the the British accent to pick up ladies to try to like act like you were British? No, actually, I didn't. I'd like to come up with a funny story to suggest I did, but. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> that's okay. That's, that's all right. Okay. No, it's all right. Fair enough. So you uh, you don't get the role. Well, you get a role, but you turn you it down. Chorus. No, no, you no, get no. chorus. Yes, yeah. um, and you go. Got to uh, think about your career. You got to listen. At that point, you became ask only. No auditions. Just ask only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want yeah. Russell, you ask for Russell. That's right. <laughs> offer only. That's right. So <laughs> who was the, who was the first offer? Where was your? When did you go from from there? Where did you get your your next role? Well, I like, had to change my tactic, didn't I? I wasn't getting offers. <laughs> <laughs> An eleven year old so, uh, who wouldn't be in the chorus. Didn't yeah, get it was high offers? school. High school. I um, we did this play called The Real Inspector Hound. <laughs> and uh, have you heard of it? No. Uh, all it of your plays. Sounds like a dog that's a detective, though, and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> all of your plays do sound made up. I'll just be honest. Yeah. I've talked about this before. This is like a bright moment in my career. So, in, it, it, <laughs> this story is like it's a play that's being reviewed by a couple critics while the play's going on. The critics have something to say about it. Then all of a sudden the critics are in the play. We don't know what's happening. It's very surreal. It makes no sense. People are getting uh, murdered. Uh, we don't know who's doing it. It's kind of like Agatha Christie, but tongue in cheek, like yeah. satire. Um, I played a character who was in a wheelchair. He was about 75 years old. So I had uh, prosthetics and what have you, mm. you know, really high tech stuff. <laughs> And uh, this is grade 10 and um, <laughs> in high school. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at the end, I stand up and rip off the, the mask and reveal that I, in fact, was the real Inspector Hound and I am just a young man. Wow. And, wow. Uh, it, it was really great role for me because I got to uh, I got to play this sort of Scottish wheelchair bound 75 year old who turns out to, in fact, be uh, a 30 year old. All the while, I'm only 15. Man. So think about how incredible that would have been to watch a 15-year-old morph into <laughs> You into were a, a dude playing yeah. a dude disguised as another dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
That's intent. awesome. Did I, I imagine that when the reveal happens, that must have garnered some pretty oh, like gasps. gasps from the crowd. Did yeah. anybody like just freak out? Because yeah, that's my crazy. grandma had no clue. Wow. <laughs> she was she was waiting the whole play. She's like, What when's Christopher gonna be in it? Like, <laughs> You know, the whole time she's like, "Who's that? There. Who's that hunk? Who's the hunk in the wheelchair?" That's right. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there mm, for yeah, sure. So, did you go to like uh, when you left uh, high school? Did you just go straight into acting, or did you go to, to college? What did you do after that? Yeah, I went. I went to college for film and television um, briefly, and uh, while I was there, I actually booked a professional job. Um, and you weren't allowed to take any professional jobs while you're at the college. You had to commit to the program. Well, I thought, well, listen, guys, I'm paying you all this money so I can get work when I get out. I just got work while I'm in here. I'm going to save my money and I'm going to make some money. So I quit. I love it. So I went and I took this really exciting one line job and, uh, <laughs> that had to pay a lot too. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't work again for, uh, 12 months. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So that one line, did it pay the bills for 12 months? No, it paid the bills for about two weeks. <laughs> and uh, I, had to, uh, <laughs> I had to get a job at a restaurant and, uh, you know, eat some humble pie. <laughs> did you consider uh, calling it all quits though? Because you can't go back to school at that point, right? Like you kind of just have no, to figure it so out. No, so I took, uh, I started taking acting classes that weren't uh, a post-secondary version of it. It was more just pay us, pay us all your your tips from your restaurant job and see us on Tuesday. So where'd you get but, better training? The, the little while that you were at school or the, the people that you paid uh, the, in just the classes it, it, in all sincerity, the people that I paid all my tip money to, they, yeah. um, there's a lot, actually a lot of people that came out of, uh, it was called the professional actors lab. I was there for a few years. It's quite a few people that have, uh, that have come and gone through there. Actually some Hallmark alum. I don't know if you, uh, have spoken to, Carlo Marx from uh, not yet. I know Carlo, but we've not spoken to him. Yeah, him and I were there. I guess this is going on fifteen years, maybe. Wow, Wow. we were were in the same class. Uh, Damon Runyon, he's still in Ontario, but he uh, he he does these movies from time to time as well. Um, And then, of course, Scott Speedman and Rachel McAdams had gone through there, not the same time as me. But so yeah, it was. uh, they had some pretty good turnout. Wow. wow that's so awesome. what is your, what would you consider to be your big break? Like the thing that said, okay, I can do this for a living. I'm going to make enough money to kind of survive. Hmm. Well, I had a lot of moments where I thought it was my big break in my early twenties, but then it would come by long periods of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would have to say, I don't know how much you checked up on my, my hallmarkness, but uh, midnight masquerade would have been, would have been the one because that was my first uh, lead in uh, a Hallmark film. Okay, Midnight Masquerade. Midnight Masquerade. That's a good name. Man. That's a good name. Yeah. That is. Um, did you uh, once you kind of start doing it professionally? Did you ever play another animal, or have you retired <laughs> in that regard? No. Yeah, I've been looking for the right one. But <laughs> it's just, you know, Planet of the Apes when that came out, I I was asking if there's going to be any lions in there, like <laughs> you do like a Planet of the Lions or a Planet of the Donkeys. Uh, <laughs> yeah right but i don't said, well the, the apes ride the horses um would you be interested in a horse 
Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, know. I don't know how good your agent is, but I think you could write that. Playing of the donkeys, we can get on donkeys. that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I like if you need funding, we got like a couple dollars. Yeah, we, we got a few bucks. Yeah. Throw, throw it, throw it, throw yeah, it. To we, that. For, I've got for a, a producer already for it. It's funny you bring that up. I'm thinking about pitching it because I, I, I think it would do really well. It could be a good. Uh, Good franchise. Yeah. Planet of the Donkeys. I love it. There's love not it. there's there's not really any boss right now at Hallmark, so maybe just throw it yeah. on different and just kind of <laughs> see, just kind of see what happens. So you think Planet of the Donkeys is a Hallmark movie? I, I don't know. Why why not? They, they beggars can't be choosers right now. They literally have no movies coming yeah. up because yeah, of, right. there's no filming. So oh why goodness. not? Well, I got another really a uh, really exciting one I was thinking I could play too. And I think it could work in the Hallmark genre. Okay. Uh, hear me out here. So uh, this girl in the big city. She uh, so far so good. Her hometown is her all donkeys. <laughs> she's frustrated with her job, and uh, her boyfriend. He's working all the time, like she doesn't see him, and she is sent on an assignment to this small town. It's about forty-five minutes away, yeah. and. Uh, there is some commotion happening in the small town that her job sends her to deal with uh, because she actually represents this big uh, commercial construction company that has been uh, asked to come in and build a mall. But the town's putting up a big opposition because they don't want it to turn into like a busy city. They want it to yeah. stay a small yeah, town. Yeah, of course, as you do. So she goes there to try to smooth things over, be the liaison between the construction company and the small town. And she meets this guy who's also opposed to the mall um, and she gets to know him and he's really nice and down to earth. And uh, his main reason for not wanting the mall there is because he has this sanctuary for dinosaurs. <laughs> and he believes that the mall would kind of disrupt their way of life, right? Cause they're, they're previously extinct. Yeah. Now they're kind of, they've been discovered in a cave that's like, <laughs> and he just wants to make sure that no one gets in the way of that. Right. So she comes to see his side of things. And it's like, you know what? These dinosaurs are more important than the mall. And I've they got, end up getting married. I, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've got two titles for you, Chris. Tell me which one you like better. If you, unless you've got a title, uh, one is a uh, love at dinosaur ranch. The other, <laughs> The, the other is Tyrannosaurus Love. Ooh. Yeah, I think they're both good. Bro- or like Jurassic in Love. Jurassic, yeah. Jura- Jur- Jurassically in Love. Yeah. Because well, it's like drastically. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I think we're going in the right. And well, let me ask you this. Uh, I'm assuming you're playing the leading guy there. Do Because there's dinosaurs, do you immediately act like a dolphin? Like, do you follow Chris? Pratt's kind of leading in, in yeah. regards to that or do you what animal do you think you would uh, kind of go after Yeah, because that's important to that me. is important yeah. I think. Yeah. that's vital I think I would go to my go-to's right like the ones I'm really good at like the donkey lion. or yeah, Back no. to donkey, yeah. I don't know if you've heard donkey. he's played lions and donkeys yeah I the moment, combo of the two Ooh, oh. a lonky. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still working out the finer details. So. Yeah. As you would, as long yeah. as it's not a, a as long as it's not a spider of any sorts. I no. think we're in good shape. Yeah. Well, no, I can't. No, you, you can't. can't. Tarantula yeah, yeah, legs. We saw, We've we already saw, said he, that. I, the moment right. I knew, for the record, if you want to put it a timestamp, that Chris Russell was right for our podcast is when he did a bit about a Hallmark movie 
with dinosaurs, but he literally told the whole story of a normal Hallmark movie first to set up the punchline. <laughs> that is one of my favorite moments ever. Thank I you. I gotta be honest, he sucker punched me on that like, one. The longer he went, I went. Is he pitching us a real movie? <laughs> like, hey, man, you should hold on to this. Like, yeah. People do listen. Yeah, like, yeah. You're giving away your ideas for free. Oh. And then you drop dinosaurs. And I, I didn't tell. see it coming, and he got me. quiet. You're like, okay, where's this going? <laughs> What's going on? And all seriousness, no, if, you, if you need a writing who's playing partner. playing the mayor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you do need a writing partner, though, I, I'm, oh, I'm there for you in that regard. Chris. I think it's really good. Go ahead. I think it could be a hit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Jurassically in love. I'm oh, in. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you're uh, you do a a, bu- a bunch of stuff, just so much, uh, just random things, and then uh, you end up with uh, with Hallmark uh, eventually. So how did that relationship begin um, for you? What was the kind of the first first knock on the door there? Well, the the first role I had for Hallmark was in Catch a Christmas Star, where I played the other guy. Sure. Um, Classic. Yeah, that is actually what's interesting about that one is that my uh, that was when my daughter was born, literally like two days before I started shooting on that, um, and she wasn't actually due for another two months, so that was kind of oh, no. oh wow, yeah, one of those times where you know life uh, life gives you something to to try to see what you're made of, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> She, she's totally fine now. It was, it was at the time it was worrying. So for anyone out there that might deal with that, that's uh, there is hope. She's also like in the ninety fifth percentile for height for her age now. Oh wow! Nice. Junior, so. Well, stretch junior. There. Stretch junior. Yeah, stretch junior. There you go. <laughs> so hopefully she'll be able to play the daddy long legs when it comes along. Yeah. Uh, Just let her yeah, do her thing. Don't train her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't push her in a certain spider field. Okay. <laughs> right let her figure it out <laughs> and then um i think it was a year later in and around there um they were casting for midnight masquerade and i auditioned for it and i think every every six foot two dude auditioned for it <laughs> at the time uh because they needed two people because the story is uh it's a reverse cinderella story oh okay um, so if you're familiar with Cinderella, loses a slipper, goes and finds someone who fits in it. The evil stepsisters try to pretend they're the, the thing. So they reverse it so it was the guys and it was in modern times and it's the Halloween thing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah, I auditioned for that a couple times. And then through much help from the director of it, I ended up uh, getting the job of this character, Rob Corelli who uh, he works for a law firm and the owner of the law firm and his sons uh, treat him like garbage and make him do all the hard work while they take all the credit. And then there's a big masquerade ball uh, with one of their top clients who's Autumn Reeser, who is a billionaire. Classic. And mm. I'm not allowed to go to the masquerade ball but I sneaked there anyway with the help from my sister and my peppy young niece who, who helps me build a costume where I look like a wonderful prince and go to the masquerade ball, have a good dance with Autumn Reeser. Uh, and then I have to leave quickly because the boss's son is heading back to the office where I'm supposed to be. And uh, she never finds out who I am and thinks that the boss's son might have been me and so on and so forth. And it ends in the classic Hallmark. Sounds great. That was the first one. 
and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was a great experience, um, and that's sort of how I started off with Hallmark in general. What's uh, what's your most memorable or favorite Hallmark movie you've ever worked on? And you can't say the one that we just did because that's usually everyone's. Uh, you know, answer. So you can't do the one that you just did a bunch Unless of publicity it, like, for. Was like, yeah, but everybody says that because it's the right, like it's the answer, right? It's like, oh, well, we just but did Lavender Grove, Dan. Yeah, we'll talk about Lavender Grove later, <laughs> but we're not talking about it now. Aside from the the glamping movie, what's your favorite one that you've ever done? I think it would be Midnight Masquerade because okay. uh, we got to check this movie out. It sounds like a yeah, it, it sounds out. like a wild one. selling it hard right now. Yeah, hey, I got, mean, go ahead. Well, it was my first one, right? My first lead in a Hallmark movie, so it was uh, it was just so exciting. It was like I was a fan, and I just won some contest, and nice. I, you know what I mean? Like it was mm. just so much fun. Yeah, even nice. though it was fil- filmed in a in a part of Canada that's uh, very well not really weather positive oh, it's <laughs> yeah. oh. down here it's we the, kind of think of canada as mostly weather negative yeah and yeah. it's also just one big place yeah like yeah, it's yeah. just there's just yeah. canada i'm so. just telling you i've taught i'm this is a true story i taught high school history for 15 years chris and i st- i took a history of canada class in college i still struggled to i could not pinpoint any specific province in canada i don't think <laughs> like it is it's funny because we've, we've, we don't have that many yeah like, i know you have to- States like it's it's a big country. It's actually the same size as the United States of America as far as landmass goes. Population, not yeah. even close. But no, this is completely on us. We're not, no, 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 we're I'm not, very lazy. You don't have to sell Canada. No. We it's it's very uh, you know American centric. We we're in South Carolina, and like I, I'm not joking. My history of Canada class in college basically said, well, the French just got the land that wasn't very usable. <laughs> Like, like, like the, the land that is usable in Canada is beautiful, but most of it, it, it's tough to use, to live on. There's a lot of area that you can't live on. And so they didn't really want to fight for. And that was the class. That was, that was it. The professor said, that's it. Gave us all A's, sent us home. Yeah. That's it. You're probably right about that. (laughs) You're probably right about that. So. Let me ask you this. We we did review, we review every Christmas movie every year, and we reviewed a little movie called The Mistletoe Secret uh, last year. And on one, it's a polarizing movie, not be, only between the three of us, but I, I think within the world of Hallmark, because on one side you have like an actual bromance. Like you and Tyler Hines have this great chemistry as as longtime best friends. You're kind of the worst friend in the movie on purpose. <laughs> but like there's like legitimately funny parts in this movie. And on the other side you have Kelly Pickler. And see, the thing is, is that we don't have to get into just what that entails. And I'm not asking you to talk about Kelly's cue card reading skills. What I'm asking you to do is uh, I want to, I want to <laughs> know, Chris. <laughs> Keep it together, Chris. You're on TV. Uh, what, what I, I want to know is, is that it seemed like you and Tyler just had a, the the most fun filming this movie. And a lot of times, we we talked to a Hallmark writer that said, "My movies can't be too funny. The, the movies aren't designed to be laugh out loud funny. They're designed to be pleasant, but not funny." And you two are having a blast in this movie and it's funny for us to watch. So can you just give me a little bit of insight on working with Tyler and just that experience in general? Yeah. So we hadn't met before that, but you know, we're both Canadian. He's, uh, he's 
in Toronto as well, between Toronto and LA. So we have, we used to both skateboard when we were younger. He's actually still doing it. Um, he hasn't grown up yet, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. For his um, interview, he wore a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. That's so. true. Yeah, he, oh, he, did. he did. Yeah. I'm sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but we, uh, you know, we both we just hit it off. Um, and we were lucky enough to have a director that, uh, had no problem with us going off script uh, whenever the, we felt like it, um, as long as it worked. And I think it did yeah. in the end. Uh, we, yeah, you're right. Like uh, It's very rare that you get to have that sort of back and forth banter in these types of uh, movies. And uh, it just seemed to work because he, he's playing the, you know, the very um, serious and, you know, quiet you know i want to do the virtuous thing and i'm just sort of like hey i'm great and uh i'm in it for myself and what can i get out of this situation Ooh, a girl Ooh, a famous famous publisher sure let's publish this together oh you wrote it that's okay that's what we do and, uh, you went full meerkat is what it. you're saying <laughs> like I, I played it like my character was oblivious to the fact that he's being an a-hole yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I, I, in my opinion, had every, everyone's best interest at heart. That's great. It came off that way. Yeah, it did. That was yeah. one of the better relationships we saw over the, of the Christmas yeah. season. Was like that, really was. was that to play that, which is so different than a lot of the characters we see. It was, it was really, I, I think I said this, or we, one of us said in the podcast, it was the most fleshed out bad guy, so yeah. to speak, that we've seen in a Hallmark movie. Was that a lot of fun for you to play that role? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was actually a little worried afterwards that I might not be able to transition back to the uh, the leading man yeah. uh, roles because people would have that image in their head of this just like buffoon character that I played. Um, but it was so much fun. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's I don't know. It's just to play that kind of character. It's a blast mm. because you kind of you can get away with anything when you're that character, I love you it. know? Yeah. It was a you, lot of fun. you seem to alternate in the Hallmark universe between being the, the side character, best buddy, uh, other guy, the Baxter or whatever, and then being the leading guy, you can do both. At one point, do you think Hallmark's going to go, okay, only leading roles now? Do you, I mean, like, is that something you want or do you, do you, are you fine with either, either or I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with both. Um, because playing the other guy, there's a lot less pressure. Yeah. Um, you get to have a bit more fun with it. And it's okay if the audience doesn't like you because they're going to be mainly focusing on the number one and the number two and how their relationship's going and the chemistry between them. And if that fails, then that's what people will talk about. <laughs> Whereas playing the other guy, you just get to come in, you know, maybe work half the time on set, you know just make some jokes do some uh you know dirty looks and uh, <laughs> off you go so i feel like that's a, mean, that's made for me right yeah like that's a role that's that i you, really could that's flourish who you are yeah. as a human. <laughs> let, let me let me ask but, you uh, what they've actually been doing recently is uh they've been making like you saw mistletoe secret i also did one all summer long where i played the other guy but they're kind of nicer other guys yeah if that makes sense yeah, that was yeah. with brennan elliott we saw that one yeah, there's still there's still something redeeming about these characters. Um, so 
that's also fun. But uh, mistletoe secret, like, I was talking to Tyler, Tyler about it. We uh, we'd love to do like a sequel where it's just about us. Yes, <laughs> that would be that fun. would be a riot. Yeah, the mistletoe bad. bromance. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> or a prequel, even a prequel. A prequel, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, let me ask you this: on a scale of like a lot to a little, what? And you can you can also just give me a finger. What's the uh, what is the pay difference between leading guy and best, second guy. and best friend? I don't know the, if I'm this allowed to, to this. close that. Yeah, I wouldn't if I were you. <laughs> I, I, Way to pull the punch you, there, buddy. It, it depends. It really depends because you can be – you can – it depends. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great answer to that Man, question. You really – I wanted him to give us more and what? you're just giving him outs left and right. I really do want to know the you're answer to that question person, but I also want him to still like me. And so it's like that. It depends that. on your – it depends on your your audience reach. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All That's right. fascinating. Good, good, good. So That's like if right. for whatever reason Andrew Walker played a best friend, it it would be a little bit different because yes. of the audience reach. Yeah. Wow. Or Candace Cameron. So. How many has he done? Like 18 now? I think he's on. I think yeah. he's like in all of them just like a little bit. Yeah, he like just, just pops in. He just kind of pops it's in. like Alfred Hitchcock in all of his own movies. Yeah. He just, you know, little Andrew Walker yeah. pop in. He just in. walks in the background. He's Every like, hey, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's what he's called Andrew Walker. He's just <laughs> walking walk in, walk walk in. That's right. Here's a walker. Um, let's talk about nature, uh, nature of love. Yes, Nature, Nature of, of Love. love. Um, we watched it and uh, and had a, a jolly good time reviewing it. Um, I think we we do have some questions um, that we want. Hopefully, as somebody who is as committed to his craft as you, I know you flesh out all of these things um, and you've got it all figured out. Um, I, oh, we had a lot of questions um, about the uh, the logistics of the glamping sites. Um, kind of like, is it more of a like a camp, like a summer camp where everybody comes in on one day? Because I noticed everybody checked out at the same time. Everybody left at once. Um, and so is it more like a summer camp where you have these week-long sessions where everybody comes, you're there, because you're all kind of there? Or is it or is it like a, a traditional hotel where you can come in and check in um, and leave when you want to? What What is your kind of your take on that and how the glamping uh, is really set up? Uh, well, that particular glamping resort uh, I believe it's more, it, it, it's kind of like a, if you go to an all-inclusive resort, right? Mm-hmm. So you have everyone coming in on a Sunday and they're leaving the next Sunday. You got people coming in on the Monday, leaving the next Monday, and it kind of goes like that. So there are groups okay. that come at the yeah. same time and leave at the same time. That way they can be sort of taken through some of the activities together and they can uh, talk about it. With I, each other. Yeah, I, I knew you'd know it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I knew you'd know it. So I, I've got a few Lavender Grove questions, Chris, if it's okay with you. Um, how actual Lavender Grovey was that set? Did you guys actually have a place with that much lavender, or did they have to do some movie-making magic? Uh, there's a little bit of movie magic yeah. in there. Yeah. So sure. the reason that I ask is because it looked beautiful. There was a drone shot at the end that we both, re- like, Brandon and I really liked, at the very end of you guys sitting in the lavender, but there's one scene where you guys are walking through the lavender and I feel like your skin is also purple in that scene. And I was like, how did they do that? Uh, because I, I wonder if there's a place like that to actually film a movie with that much lavender, that would be quite impressive if there was. 
Yeah, I mean, not to spoil it for everyone, but there wasn't quite that much lavender there. What percent of lavender was real in that scene, would you say? 30? 60? 60, okay. That's okay, a that's a pretty right. good 60. field. Yeah. That's a great field of blood. I feel like you probably could have kept it at just a 60, and like we would have been happy. No, but it was, it was above and beyond. It was above and beyond. Yeah. Also, I, I know that Amelia, we've had Amelia on the show. She's wonderful. Uh, she was... Uh, pretty pregnant during this the filming of this movie and so there were some creative waves some some big bags and outfits but there was also a body double there's uh like she posted on twitter her and her body double but there's scenes like on the ropes course and stuff like did like of the 100 percent of you acting alongside the character of katie what percent of that was with the body double uh only for the uh the wide wide shots yeah okay yeah, because there's so, there's a lot of wide shots in the movie. There's the ropes course. There's the dancing. There's the horseback ride. There's a lot of times where they pull back and then they pull close up. So did they do have to do a lot of double shooting? Like, did you have to shoot a lot more footage than normal in these movies? Uh, no, it was about the same. Okay, it was about the same. Um, I think what we'll have to do is we'll have to rewatch it and do some math so we'll have to take the the length of the movie <laughs> by, by length of time for wide shots and drone shots and yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of divide it yeah we'll kind of get the number we're looking for here it's a classic formula situation yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure I, I have a question uh will and kate they really they really seem to hit it off uh do you think that the five months that kate has not obviously trained to walk on the appalachian trail <laughs> Uh, is going to break their relationship. I don't because I think Will is, uh, he's, he's just smitten. He, uh, he is more attracted to the determination than the skill. And And do you think that lasts them five months on one of the more difficult trails in the world to walk? Say, say that again. And you think that's going to really sustain them through the one of the more difficult trails in the United States that they're going to walk, you know, for, for you know five months, next five six months. I, the better question is, do they well, survive, Chris? Do they survive? survive the She's never trail. hiked the trail before, and you're going to go hiking for five months. Did she just? T- you're just taking a novice with you. She's going to survive it. Well, that's how skilled Will is, right? Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he can handle anything. And uh, he's going to see it through. He's going to make sure she's safe and taken care of. Um, the whole uh, glamping uh, tent that she was staying in, we're bringing that. Oh, so, wow. Oh, wow. That's uh, a lot to carry around. Yeah. You have like some donkeys maybe to haul it? <laughs> Uh, no, actually, it's just uh, it's hooked up to a trailer, which is hooked around my waist. Wow! And wow. Shoulder straps too for support. Man, Man Will's and, so uh, awesome. Will is awesome. Say what you will. Will's awesome. Um, what is the relationship? What's the past relationship between Will and Olivia? I don't feel like it got fully uh, fleshed out, but I felt like sh- she was felt like the, there was something. She there. was under the yeah. impression that you all were further along. Which typically means that you have done something yes. to make her think that. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that Will is a heartbreaker. A heartbreaker. But it sure sounds it, it did, sure seems it did that way. sound like that. So what what is the past there? Uh well see that was up for discussion when we were, were making the movie. And essentially what it is is you know, there was there's possibly some chemistry there earlier on. Uh, nothing really 
came of it, but me working there and staying on longer than I would have normally liked because, you know, I've got to go on the Appalachian Trail or hike the Himalayas or, you know, whatever it I do on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> Olivia felt like, okay, I've got Will working here now. Now I can really, you know, make this relationship turn into something more than just uh, co-workers. But did Will ever have that defined relationship talk? Like say, hey, nothing's going to happen? Or did he just kind of pull back and she was still kind of hoping that one day it would happen? I think Will was just so focused on um, sort of his his job and, you know, just doing uh, a good service to the people that come to that particular resort that his nice guyness mm. was probably misinterpreted by Olivia, mm. yeah. and um, yeah, he's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Heartbreaker. Yeah. He heartbreaker. didn't. He didn't intentionally do it. It's it's not his fault that someone gets the wrong impression because he's just being a nice person. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Chris, did uh, did Hallmark make you shave uh, for for the movie, or, did, did, or do you get to decide how much of a beard you're going to wear for the, these movies? Uh, no, I never get to decide. <laughs> no. They, they'll come in, they'll be like uh, zero, one, two, or three, depending on depending on the character or the production. If you're more of a of a side guy, like a, a best bud or a bad guy, do you get to wear more of a beard? It depends on what Tyler Hines is doing. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. Tyler's a diva. He is. Yeah. He is such a diva. He is, that a, he is a diva. Like, <laughs> I had a I had a beautiful main of facial hair going into mistletoe secret and then i show up and there he is with his all just he threw a chiseled, chiseled five five o'clock shadow and they're like sorry chris you're gonna have to shave and put on all this bronzer it's like oh, oh. <laughs> and he was actually the one that demanded that like yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't yeah. the crew no, i want to see chris in bronzer or i'm walking off this yeah. set <laughs> Yeah, I've worked with Leanne Rhymes, <laughs> and I what I say goes. Um, I, I have one more one more question um, that uh, I think is an important one, and is about the eating arrangements. Um, at some points in this movie, there is a tent service, which is great, of course, but that's something that you need to call in, and it's not something that they do every single time. Where is the is the is the dining room in the place where they check in and does and if so does each person get their own golf cart because the it seems like the tent area is far away from the main uh, main uh, check in area. Uh, that's sort of up to Chase how busy it gets in sure. the night. He might have to like, wait till several orders come in. I think that's usually what happens. Everyone sort of puts their order in around the like, – like if you're at a hotel and you have that, that thing hanging on your door for breakfast, right? Yeah. You can tick it off and hang it back and what time you want it. Yeah. So I think uh, everyone sort of does that at the glamping resort and uh, Chase sort of just whizzes around and takes care of it. Wow. Hey, guy, get this guy. He's good. Yeah. Is well, it rapid I, fire time? Oh, oh, I have one more, one more question. Okay. What, okay, an, what, what animal were you uh, kind of going for with Will? What was your inspiration animal-wise for Will? Um, donkey. Donkey. Yeah. It was a I donkey. thought it might yeah. be. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, we could sense. tell. It is, 
You said it. I did say it when we, when we were watching it. I said, that's a donkey. That's a donkey. That's a donkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you I've only got two. I know. <laughs> I, only got I, two. Know. I thought it was a lion, like a dummy. Uh, I'm sorry. You, like a dummy. you yeah. owe me lunch. Yeah. Um, it is time for rapid fire. It's when we each get to ask you three questions about anything. You have to answer it as quickly and as honestly as possible. Um, Dan, would you like to kick us off? Sure. What's the food that Canada makes better than the United States? Donuts. What? Oh. It's like Tim Hortons? Is that what you're going with? Yeah. No, have, you, have you ever had a Krispy Kreme, Chris? A hot no. now Krispy Kreme? You've had one? He's not amused. They don't have enough. They don't have enough variety. Oh my gosh! What Man. variety are you we ever missing? Had, have you ever had a Hawaiian sprinkle from Tim Hortons? I don't even oh know my. what you just said. A Hawaiian sprinkle? Man. How is that different than a regular sprinkle? Pineapple? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just the color? Oh, Chris, we're fighting later. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Hortons, though. They got the colors. Yeah. Mm. Uh, best restaurant you've ever eaten at? Ooh. Uh, Chipotle. Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> so the, so the guy who says he knows that Canadian donuts are better says the best, best restaurant he's, he's ever, ever eaten at is a walk-through-the-line burrito place. <laughs> What's I'm your Chipotle kidding. order? I, gotta, I don't think he's kidding, man. He, no, he's, 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 he's not kidding. He said he's kidding because we laughed, but if we didn't laugh, he was He going. loves him some Chipotle. <laughs> What's your Burrito bowl with yeah. chicken. Okay. That's solid. No, to be fair, that is a solid order. Yeah. I love it. I, it's a solid order. Uh, a quick uh, preface question. Uh, when you were a kid, did you uh, read Where's Waldo? Those books? Yes. Okay. For, here's my real question. How many um, pages of Where's Waldo on a regular basis would you sit through before you couldn't find him and you'd get frustrated and you'd walk away? <laughs> Ooh. No, I could always find him. Wow. There was oh. never a Waldo you couldn't find. Wow. Never a Waldo. The, it's Wolf's Tale. Wolf's Tale was always difficult. Wolf's tail. Okay, so everybody out there, you need to find some Where's Waldos on the internet machines or make them. On the internet machines. You know what? Take a Where's Waldo, put our faces on it, send it to Chris, have him find us. Because I love it. Make it difficult because this guy's claiming he's never not found yeah. Waldo. So mm, not, I don't know about that. Not falling for that. Wow. <laughs> Your dream director to work for. Oh. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Well, you got the accent down already, man. Mm, yeah. Lock, stock, and two smoking velociraptors. That's it's right. a new one they're going. <laughs> That's what they're going for. He's a, a Cockney saying uh, cigarette smoking velociraptor. Yeah. Hey, listen here, mate. You cannot <laughs> ride on the T Rex. It's absolutely out of the question. You can only sit on the velociraptors. That's it. I've said it. Do not go near the stegosaurus nor the triceratops. They are out of bounds, mate. <laughs> That's good. I love it. Uh, worst haircut you ever got? <laughs> what? Uh, do you remember when frosted tips were cool? Yeah, uh, do we? <laughs> last week? Yeah. <laughs> last week. We all went so through. I had it, it was kind of shaped like that. Yeah, it was. A little spiky. Oh, um, if yeah. you could get us a picture for the cover art for this episode, Chris, yeah, that would be wonderful. Be really great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll really try great. to find one. <laughs> my, my, my grade 12 grad. <laughs> What um? What's the most uh, disastrous vacation or trip that you've ever been on where everything just seemed to go wrong? Oh, 
nothing against Mexico because I've had some nice times there. I uh, I went to Mexico years ago with my uh, wife, and um, I was playing beach volleyball, and I got really into it, and <sighs> I sort of slid to kind of save the ball with my foot, not realizing that this particular beach volleyball court was in a parking lot with just some sand put on top of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. I tore up the whole side of my leg and it was in so much pain, but that's fine. Just put some ointment on it and just keep it clean. The next day it started swelling up. Oh, no. I just thought, okay, well, you know, I've hit the, uh, I've hit the cement a little too hard, whatever. Following day, two days later, I couldn't even get a shoe on. My whole leg had ballooned. Oh no! Go to the medic there, and they don't know what to say about it. They're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, I spent—I think it was like three days at the resort with this progressively swelling limb. And uh, when we got on the flight to go back to to, to Toronto, and uh, I couldn't put my leg down the pain was so bad like it felt like the blood was just oh. rushing to my foot and it was going to explode and uh, i don't know if you can tell but i'm i'm a pretty tall tall guy so flying economy in general is not really no. <laughs> it's not really a comfortable situation for for me and uh having a leg that needs to go up straight so it doesn't explode made it even worse and uh, went straight to the hospital when we got back to Toronto. And it turned out I had um, what's called cellutitis, okay. which is uh, the beginning stages of the flesh-eating disease. <sighs> oh, my so, oh gosh. So, so it got infected. The cut got infected from something at this resort, perhaps the shower. And... Uh, so I was hooked up to IVs and whatever, given some antibiotics and that was fine. But because I was on all these antibiotics and drugs and stuff, I ended up getting pneumonia. Good gosh. So then I had pneumonia for a month. Uh, so needless to say, that put a big negative uh, recollection on my uh, yeah. my trip to Mexico. What's the year. name of that resort so we could avoid that at all costs? <laughs> He's not telling us that. So is it like this much? Or is it like this? <laughs> what's the what's the difference there? Oh, that question was more than I, we ever bargained for. I yeah. loved it. No. Hey, wh- what's the most expensive drink you've ever purchased or consumed that someone else purchased for you? Oh, most expensive drink. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be uh, that would be a Whole Foods smoothie uh, <laughs> with all the. Uh, all the added power shots and, uh, you know, immune boosters and, uh, you know, miracle <laughs> wingspan enablers um, and unicorn growers that they have there. Yeah, ever, how much is that running you? I think that one was like 19 bucks yeah. for a smoothie. You ever go there and then go to Chipotle and get the chicken bowl with the works and your wife gets home and goes, what are you doing? A <laughs> hundred bucks? <laughs> In an afternoon? <laughs> You tripled the guac, Chris. You tripled the guac. You never triple the guac. You never triple the guac. <laughs> they tell you they, they it's get extra. You with the guac. It's like it's like two fifty for a little scoop, yeah. and I need more than a little scoop. Right. Those two fifties add up. Quick. Two, 
They do? Uh, just keep the Tim like Hortons bag in the car and don't even show her that. <laughs> don't show her the Hawaiian sprinkle oh, you just yeah. got. Oh, oh man. my gosh. Um, you watch hockey, Chris? That's my, we'll start with that as kind of an opening question. All right. I haven't watched hockey, and I know this is going to offend my Canadian nationalists, but uh, I haven't watched it since uh, the 2010 Olympics. Wow. Why not? I guess I got caught up with life. Wow. Okay. So you don't you don't miss it. I don't I don't have a follow up question. That was right. more than I could have ever asked. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it, it wasn't more than I could have ever asked. It's just <sighs> here, here's my thing. Here's, words are tough sometimes. I'm I'm surprised by that, Chris. And I'm I guess maybe I'm a little offended for your Canadian friends. Uh, I know. I, I, w- I wish I knew enough about it that I could sort of BS you with some story, but unfortunately, the last recollection I have of a decent hockey game is when Sidney Crosby uh, got that little golden goal action in the uh, in the 2010 Olympics, yeah. which were held in Vancouver. There you there go. There it is. There you go. Did you go How- watch it live? Were you watching it live? Like, did you go to it? No, I did <laughs> I didn't have ten million dollars to get a ticket. No, I was watching it. Uh, I was watching it. I think at a diner. Nice. He had just played the best friend, not the leading guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it's it a was smaller a, check, yeah. it's a smaller <laughs> check. Five mil. It's I actually five. in two thousand ten. I hadn't been in any Hallmark yet. Oh, oh yeah. See, that's where. That's why he was eating at the diner. That's right. That's right. Um, my last question is this: Do you believe in aliens at all? And if so, why? If not, why? Why either way? Ooh, it would uh, it would be naive of me to think that there isn't more life out there that we have yet to discover. Wow! Mm-hmm. There you go. He there answered go. the the why and the question all it's in beautiful. one. It's Chris beautiful. Russell, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you so much for joining us on Deck the Hallmark. What a guy! Thanks what a so guy. much, man. What a guy! Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a guy! How can people find you on the uh, on the internets if they're wanting to like uh, send you Where's Waldo's and stuff like that? How can they find you? Uh, at Chris Russell official on Instagram. That's uh, sort of the extent of my social media. Uh, I'm sort of slow to the or yeah, late to the party with that stuff. Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> Don't follow at Chris Russell though, because like that guy, you surly. don't want to see, you don't want to, don't want to see. Yeah. It's got to stay official because I'm a very official yeah. person. You are. <laughs> yeah. You it's are just a T-Rex picture on there. To be fair, <laughs> his profile picture it's is just weird. All, it's all dinos, uh, all dinos all the time. Um, we did it guys. Uh, Chris, may we be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast presented by Friendly TV produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehallmark.com.